Welcome to the Dave Witty Show, your host, Dave Witty. Folks, thanks for tuning in again to episode three of my new podcast. Really appreciate you tuning in and checking out the previous podcast. Big shout out to Mozzie for joining me on the last episode. Uh, really insightful into what he does every day and uh, nice to have him back here in the province. Back in Newfoundland is really nice. Uh, great to hear what he's up to in Toronto and, and hopefully what he plans to do in the future. Uh, episode three is is a kind of a switch. It's a bit of a change. We're moving into the sporting community this week's guest. I have Ryan Sweeney, who is the president of Premier Sports Academy here in Newfoundland. It's actually the first indoor training facility for um, for baseball and, and sports uh, in the province. So uh, stay tuned for that one. Really, really great chat with Ryan about all things. You know, we're chatting baseball and um, chatting Mount Pearl, chatting the, the sporting community itself, a little bit of Blue Jays. And, and uh, yeah, so make sure you stick around for that one. Really, really great look into... Uh, into what he does in, in, at, at the facility and you know how he's been coping during COVID and, and what he plans to do after COVID and stuff like that. Um, as we move forward, you know, we're uh, getting into the swing of things of being back in lockdown world here and here in Newfoundland and, and uh, you know, especially over here in St. John's on the east coast of the island. Uh, last week they announced a, uh, um, a ton of new cases and, and by Friday evening they had uh, uh, announced... Um, basically a full level five lockdown again as the uh, the variant that had come from the uk had has moved into the province and um it's 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 you know it's moving fast it's it's caught on it's uh it's one of those things especially with with covid it's 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 a lot more um you know it's traveling through the community it's 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 people are picking it up a ton a ton of new cases so we're all back on lockdown here in, in st john so uh, just kind of Getting by, just doing my thing. Last week, uh, last Saturday night, I did a, a Facebook Live, first Facebook Live I've done since since the previous lockdown. Um, it was great to jump back on and get to chat with people, and everyone was very supportive. So big thanks to everybody for for tuning into that. I thought it was really, uh, I had a lot of fun. I mean, it was great to tune in there and uh, great to play for everybody, especially Saturday night, right before the Leafs and Habs, um, <clears throat> which in itself was was great, a lot of fun. Um, really enjoyed that game. The Leafs were uh, were flying, and and uh, you know, uh, uh, the Leafs were playing great. Obviously, up until the last night, they they played um, they played the Ottawa Senators, and they were up five to one, and and then lost, came back, and and Ottawa came back and, and won six five, and in overtime. So I mean, that was a bit of a, a bit of a crushing defeat, but. If you're anything like myself, or you know anything about the Leafs, and you grew up a Leafs fan, it's that's not something that's uh, too uncommon. I've seen a lot of posts online, a lot of tweets and stuff talking about, "Ooh, it was the worst loss. Is worse than the David Ayers incident," which, in my opinion, is completely false. Uh, the David Ayers incident, where you know we lost to a, a backup goalie or a backup, um, sorry, we lost to a, a, a Zamboni driver. Forgive me, there a, a friggin' Zamboni driver there's there's no worse thing in 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 sports let alone in Leafs history than than that loss so anybody who's chalking it up to that I think it's just a little bump in the road for the Leafs uh big game uh Wednesday and Thursday this week coming up against the Sins and obviously back Saturday we're uh, back against the Habs again so looking forward to those few games this week uh Saturday I will be back uh doing a live live feed where i'll be doing a facebook live event where i'll be playing some some tunes and stuff so if you're tuning into this podcast and uh, you want to hear some tunes on saturday by all means i'll be i'll be back on facebook live there uh, saturday evening 6 p.m newfoundland time um 
really enjoyed the last one. You know, I mean, there's not much you can do right now. It's just kind of holding tight. And, you know, as as the great do- Dr. Janice Fitzgerald has said, we are just holding fast right now. And, and you know, gradually we are watching the cases go down. I'm not sure if that's any, any indication of, of kind of what's going on here in Newfoundland. But, you know, obviously last week there was 100 cases on one day. Uh, but, you know, they seem, they seem to be going down. Not that that's got to make us complacent and and we but we have to still hold tight and and and, you know keep the contacts down so um you know big big shout out to everybody who's who's definitely holding tight right now it's uh i think if we can just you know hold on for another another few weeks we can probably get back to the kind of position that we were in uh you know the last few months which was uh pretty much living it up freely here in the uh, in the beautiful province of of Newfoundland and Labrador. Uh as I mentioned, my guest this week is Ryan Sweeney. Um Mount Pearl guy, you know, we grew up we were friends. We grew up playing sports together. Uh Ryan's a couple years younger than me. He had moved away uh to Ontario to pursue his dream of playing baseball and uh you know, he really seen that there was um an opportunity here in, in Newfoundland for a facility, you know, to, to really train players. You know, that's a problem here in Newfoundland is obviously you're dealing with a number of factors, but weather being, being number one. So, um, I think Ryan nailed it right on the head. You know, he, he wanted to keep players training, especially all year round. And, you know, I thought what was really interesting, he spoke about, you know, when he was living away and, and, uh, and playing ball away, in places like Ontario, spring actually happens where it doesn't quite happen so fast in Newfoundland. So these ball players are getting out and they're they're playing ball, you know, early in the spring, March and April. They're starting to hit some of the fields and stuff like that. Whereas you're probably not doing that here in Newfoundland and, until about June, you know, uh, maybe maybe late May if, if we're lucky. But we all know we've all been out on on the May two four weekend. We've seen snow, so you know that he uh, he really uh, you know nailed it. Like I said, he he was the first to open up the facility here and they've been doing great things. They, they run a ton of programs and, 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 and clinics and stuff like that. Um, they had a real tough go. They had planned basically to open up rate for spring training, as you would say in Newfoundland. And last year, that's kind of when COVID happened. So they were, they were hung out for, for a few months. And obviously then the, when everything kind of opened back up here in Newfoundland, it was, it was, uh, it was summertime, so you know. Anyways, I'll I'll leave Ryan to uh, to tell you that. Obviously, this this week we did a virtual um, a virtual uh, interview, did it through Zoom and stuff. So hopefully the audio quality is all right. You know, I'm gonna try to keep these these podcasts to um, to live interviews as much as I can. Right now we're obviously in lockdown here in Newfoundland, so there won't be any live interviews for the time being. So we're just gonna have to do the Zoom thing. But a uh, big shout out to Ryan and um, all the gang over at Premier Sports Academy for uh for joining me on this episode so make sure you stick around and tune in for ryan cheers and i'd like to welcome ryan sweeney of premier sports academy to the podcast thanks for joining me ryan how you doing today man good witty thanks buddy how are you i'm doing great man like you say thanks for coming on you know i'm just uh, getting this new podcast going so um you know i a big thing I wanted to do, especially with having somebody like yourself on, is I really wanted to make sure that people know about this podcast. That I'm not going to keep it to just musicians and people in the arts community. I really want to support people in the community who are involved in, in different activities and uh, different things, especially you know someone like yourself with, with the programs that you do. So maybe you could just let everybody know at home uh, who you are and kind of what you do. Sure, yeah. Uh, so my name is uh, Ryan Sweeney. Uh, I'm the president and founder of Premier Sports Academy. Uh, You know, just a quick synopsis, Premier Sports Academy is the first indoor baseball and softball facility in Newfoundland. 
um, inspired by my childhood growing up playing baseball, we'll say, and, and paths that, that I went down. So just a bit of a quick overview. Yeah, right on. That's that's definitely one thing I wanted to ask you about. Obviously, we both grew up in Mount Pearl together. Um, you know, maybe you could like kind of explain, you know, what it was like growing up uh, in Mount Pearl, especially within the, the sporting community. Obviously, you know, we grew up playing a lot of sports together and, and I obviously played with your brother and stuff like that as well. But like, you know, we grew up playing baseball and basketball and hockey. So maybe you could just describe maybe what that was like growing up in Mount Pearl within the sporting community. Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, you know, when we were growing up and, you know, just for a time frame for people, we're talking from our from a, a sporting perspective, somewhere from about the mid 90s up until the early 2000s, at least that's while I was living here. And Mount Pearl was very strong in basically every sport. We won baseball, what seemed like every year. We were winning basketball provincially, uh, you know, seven, eight, nine at St. Peter's, O'Donnell, the same thing. Um, soccer was really strong. I mean, literally every sport that, in Mount Pearl, like the sporting culture in Mount Pearl at that time was really strong. And, and a big part of that, I think, is you had some incredible volunteers that were running the programs at that time. So definitely, you know, from my experience and from what I remember was uh, was very impressive in terms of our competitiveness. Yeah. And, and what do you think maybe the reasoning, like I, like you say, you just mentioned the volunteers and stuff like that, but like, what are some of the reasons that you think Mount Pearl was so competitive within the sporting community? Like, you know, obviously there was some great programs and, and coaching and all that stuff. I, I'm, I'm assuming played a great factor, you know? Yeah. And, and, and volunteers is definitely a big part of it. There's a few factors, some that's, you know, not in the control of the volunteers. Like, I say, you know, today paradise is what Mount Pearl was 20 years ago. Yeah, a lot yeah. of young families with young kids. Uh, I think that plays a, a, a very big part of it. Um, and, and the other thing, you know, I can't speak to all of the sports, but one of the things I remember vividly about baseball uh, is that we were coached by the kids that were still playing those kids that were like 18 to 22, 23 years old, the summer student job. So, you know, I was coached by guys like, Grant Kenny and Kevin Farrell and, and, and all those guys that were still very good baseball players at the time. And those were guys we looked up to. Um, and so, you know, they were still playing on provincial teams and senior finals. And so I think that played a, a big factor in terms of uh, our ability, uh, I think, to compete because we were a smaller center, but we went head to head with St. John's every year. And, and you know, at least in my age groups, uh, we won you know, quite often. Was that something you were involved in yourself? Kind of like, were you still kind of actively playing and coaching as well? Or were you involved in anything like that? Yeah. So just before I left, so I left Newfoundland in 2004. Um, so I was, I was 15 when I left, I had just started. I had done maybe like my first or second summer. So I was doing a little bit of coaching, but I was doing a little bit more of the umpiring because the kids used to umpire as well. So a little bit involved, but, you know, I was just kind of, you know, wetting my feet at the time. Right, right. That's something else I wanted to ask you about. Uh, moving away in 2004, I guess in 2004, you were probably only 14 or 15 years old at the time, 15. right? 15. Yeah. And, yeah. and what was that like? You, I'm, you moved to Ontario to play ball, I believe, right? So, yeah. you know, what, what was that kind of like as a 15-year-old? It must have been, you know, quite a change leaving Newfoundland to go, especially, you know, to go and play some professional ball. Like that must have just been such a crazy difference in, in, the, in the, the scene of, of baseball itself. Yeah, it was a it was a really good step up in competition. I mean, one of the things I think we were lucky, I kind of already indicated we won a lot with Mount Pearl. So I had gone away to the Atlantics and Nationals, I mean, multiple times. I think by the time I was 15, I had represented Newfoundland in baseball, either at the Atlantic or the national level, like 10 times, you know. 
So I, I had spent a lot of time playing baseball outside of the province. So I had seen that level of competition, uh, but being there every day at that level was, you know, it was a good challenge. And, and one of the things I kind of look back on and I tell people now, especially the kids that I train is I was as good as everybody there, but there was many people like me versus, you know, when, you know, when you're playing in smaller communities, there's maybe only one or two good players on a team or, you know, that are better than most everybody else. And, you know, when you're playing at programs up there, they've got like six, seven, eight, nine guys deep on a team that are really good. Right. So that was one of the first big things I noticed. And the other thing that I noticed is just, just there's a, just the volume of people that play, which also it, it does make a difference. You know, as much as I try to tell people it doesn't, you know, get them to focus on the things we can be doing correctly. Volume of people playing certainly uh, ha- has an impact as well. Did, did like uh, the move kind of something like that, did that kind of, you know, maybe solidify um, you moving into the premier sports. I will get into that. I, and I want to ask you about some of the things that happens, you know, at the facility and stuff like that. But was, was that move, you know, you'd seen like uh, a lot of play, players who, who were probably uh, developing 12 months of the year, especially in, in baseball where, you know, obviously here it's, it's not a sport where you can be outside all the time. It's not like basketball. You can be in a gym or, or et cetera. But was, was that something that kind of pushed you t- towards maybe doing the, 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 the opening the facility and stuff like that? Yeah, for sure. And that was the bit of an uh, the eye opener as well. I remember as a kid, there was a couple of things you heard. It was population, right, was a big reason why we couldn't compete uh, and, and weather. Uh, those were two big reasons we couldn't compete. And then when I moved to Ontario, the, one of the first things I saw was, like, yeah, those things are true, but they also have facilities as well. So why is it that this place that has more people and, and better weather, uh, why do they also have facilities? Like, you know, I think like we're the ones that should be <laughs> right, right. more than anybody. And so, I mean, when I first moved up there in 2004, we played fall ball into deep October, which is something you can't do here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe we took like a month and a half off. So all of November and half of December. And I think just before Christmas, we got together indoors once a week. Uh, and then came back after Christmas and we were indoors every week until we could get outside on the field. Uh, and, you know, that's almost 20 years ago now I started started doing that. So that was something I noticed. And then when I started playing, you know, with some of the other elite programs, it went to the next level. We had strength and conditioning coaches. We were talking about nutrition. We were learning things. Obviously, it's evolved a lot in 20 years, but we were having those conversations then when I moved away and those weren't conversations that we were having here at that time. Mm-hmm, yeah. You, you mentioned a little earlier about, um, about, you know, paradise essentially being kind of the new, new, or sorry, the new Mount Pearl where, you know, it's a lot of, a lot of, uh, younger families, like that's where people are, are starting to raise, you know, with the expansion, especially of paradise. And, uh, you know, it is essentially like the way we were growing up, we, we were all, our parents all had young families and we all grew up in Mount Pearl together. Was that some of the, like, was that kind of a, a reason maybe why you, you, you put the facility in paradise? Did that have anything to play with into it or. That's a really good question. And honestly, you know, I'll be, I'll be, you know, fully candid with this one obviously my first thought was put it in Mount Pearl I was being very nostalgic right I grew up in Mount Pearl Uh, but as I went through the process of the business and I guess this is a little secret I guess I'm sharing with everybody now but paradise still counts as a rural community so when you're applying for government loans you can get better (laughs) loans in rural communities so I had access to better funding by having the building just 20 seconds down the street in paradise. Wow. That is absolutely incredible. So yeah, let's dig into a little bit what, what goes on every day and 
Um, you know, you've been open now. I, I think I was digging down through some of your social media, which, by the way, is absolutely phenomenal. I don't know who's doing your social media. If it's that's, you, that's or, Noah. That's Noah Anderson. Man, you can he Noah is on absolute fire with the social media. He kills it. I was digging down through some of your stuff the last couple of days and trying to come up with some stuff that I really wanted to ask you. And I was just I was very impressed by the social media. So so pass that on to Noah, by all means. Uh, and, and who is Noah exactly for, for anybody listening at home? Noah's also a Mount Pearl boy, so he's a couple of years younger than I am. So he, he grew up playing baseball in Mount Pearl and, you know, very similar. He left when he was a little bit older. He, he actually played uh, some university baseball at uh, Brock University uh, down in the Niagara region. So, yeah, another kid with baseball aspirations locally that, you know, ended up back in Newfoundland. Right on, right on. So, yeah, so let's dig into the, the Premier Sports and, you know, what kind of activities and, and programs and, and stuff that you actually – you actually do, you know, week to week, you know, let's kind of talk, say, pre-COVID. I don't really want to get into the, the COVID. I will ask you a few questions about that. But, you know, in a perfect world where there's no COVID going on, what kind of programs and, and options would, would your facility uh, provide? This COVID lockdown or the one this previous, time last year? Say previous to, previous to the original COVID. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's funny because it, it's helped the business model evolve for sure. Uh, but uh, the original, we'll say, structure, uh, which is still to this day, was uh, we rent out the facility, of course. So, you know, St. John's Minor Baseball, uh, you know, Baseball Newfoundland, Paradise Baseball, any of the associations want to rent time, they can rent time and offer their own programming. Um, we also would do memberships to the general public. So someone who, you know, doesn't have time to come on Wednesday night uh, when Paradise or St. John's offers their program, they can come in kind of on their own time during what we call our membership time and, and you kind of work at their own speed. Um, and then also on top of that, we would run different camps, uh, you know, pitching camps, hitting camps, uh, things like that. Uh, and then it evolved into kind of where we are now, which we can get to in a bit. But, uh, you know, it's, it's evolved into some to, to some more uh, structured programming, we'll say. But that was the original intent. And now it's, it's evolved since then. Yeah, right on. That's that's uh, that's that's super neat. And obviously, you know, with everything that's happened with COVID, I'm sure that's probably stuck a little wrench in some of the plans that's been going on. But, you know, what have you guys been doing? Like, obviously, we've been very lucky here in Newfoundland up until Jesus, just a, just a couple of days ago, you know, we were floating through this thing with with utter ease, like, you know, man, we managed to get through the summer and the fall, like, basically, as if this thing wasn't even here, except you had, you know, stuff was at some the capacity stuff was obviously a little lower. And you had to wear your masks and stuff like that. But other than that, like the cases have been so low. So how, how was the summer and the fall for you guys with regards to, you know, with the COVID and stuff like that? And how did it work for you guys? Yeah, it's a good question, obviously. So we opened up, I think like June 26th or something like that. The summer was an absolute grind. Uh, it was, it happened in reverse. And, you know, just from like a business perspective, March, April, May, like those should be our busiest months. Of course. We should, you know, that's when we should be making our hay, right? That's when the sun shines, you know, yep. from a business perspective. We missed all of those months because of COVID. So we opened up in the summertime when <laughs> kids are going outside to play baseball. And I just remember Noah and I just looking at each other like, okay, like, you know, <laughs> here we go. So we, uh, we ended up running a couple of things that worked really well. So we did uh, some multi-sport uh, day camps for kids and, you know, and that creates interest. Uh, and one of the programs we ran that worked very well was we called it our indoor league. So whenever it would rain, we would run an indoor league where kids would 
pitch and hit live against each other. Obviously, there's no fielders. Sure. Uh, but it was about that more polished part of the competition so they could pitch live and hit live. And we would live stream that every day so parents could watch their kids pitching and hitting. And one of the things, one of the perks when you pitched, you actually got instruction. So, you know, think about what you don't get in a game. Your coach right. is on the bench. Your coach doesn't. Noah's literally standing right there next to you, coaching you through the situation, talking about the pitch count, uh, how to attack each hitter. And we've got lineups of kids. So we have them working in tandem. So each, each kid gets three to four. They can face three to four batters, right? Because we're very cautious of, of, you know, arms. And so we had a pitch count. We made sure they warmed up properly. Uh, once you were done hitting, if you were hitting, you went into the batting cage. And it was basically like almost like like an assembly line of kids pitching and hitting in rotation. And then once the number of pitchers that we had selected for the day was over, if we had time left, we'd bust out a home run derby or something. Oh, like that. nice. That, yeah. And try yeah, to keep that, it fun, obviously, and exciting. Oh, and and oh, yeah. that's the name of it, too, especially with young kids. Yeah. You want to make sure that these kids are having fun on top of also getting better every day. You kind of just led to me to another question I had to ask you. I was looking down through some of your social media stuff, and it was something I was very unaware of, like especially being out of the baseball community for so long. Um, I seen a post about mound visits. Yeah. I, I dug back. <laughs> it was quite a while ago, but it was it was is the mound visits limited in, in baseball or something like that. Can you can you explain that to me and maybe anybody like you say who's listening? Because I was I was reading yeah. that and I was like, what the hell is going on here? So what was that all about? It was very contentious at the time. And, you know, I, I certainly eased off on it, but I, I still feel the same way. Uh, when they did the COVID restrictions, and I completely understand, they eliminated mound visits. Okay, so it was COVID related. Is that what it was? Yes. Ah, okay. They eliminated okay. mound visits from, from play. And one of the things, you know, and the part that was, you know, it's tough about it is, you know, usually a mound visit, you go right out on the mound and, you know, whatever but they didn't allow even for the social distancing aspect. It's like you couldn't even go and stay more than six feet away. So it was a bit of a blanket rule. And once they put the rules out, they weren't going to change them after the fact. And everyone sure. understood that. I mean, you're not going to push too hard, but you know, and that's one of the things, you know, I've played lots of different sports. There's very few things that you do in sport. That's as intense as pitching in terms of like loneliness and the competitive, like all of those things, the anxiety, and, you know, that was a thing, too, is like, like someone we have on the podcast on ours, we're having on tomorrow, China McCartney. This guy was a stud, you know, division one played at one of the best schools, professional baseball. This guy had a panic attack pitching and it, you know, it didn't just affect his baseball career. It's affected his whole life. He mm -hmm. now has regular panic attacks because of an experience he had while playing baseball. Mm -hmm. So we were just trying to convey, you know, it's there's a lot more going on here than just you know, a mound visit. Right. So that was kind of what we were getting into is that there's a lot of important things that are, that happen in a mound visit that we're neglecting that you can't just shout out from the sideline. Right. And like what age kids are like, we talking about here with that kind of stuff. I mean, was that all baseball at the time when they, when they brought it back after like, you know, after COVID or. Uh, yeah, I'm you know, not because sure what all the, the, rules the reason are. I was, was kind of asking that is, is, is more so like you say mound visits, especially like you don't want to leave a kid out on the mound who's getting lit up, no. you know, for who's like this 11 year old kid. Like he might never want to go back out there again. And a mound visit is not only crucial right. to 
maybe the change of a pitcher, but like as a coach, you want to go out there and, and, and help them through something, help them through, chat them through, calm them down, you know, let them know it's going to be okay. You know, there's, you got to get through this inning or, or, or anything like that. So yeah, I feel like that was such a crucial, uh, a crucial thing to, to baseball It was the mound visits. You know, I, I was very interested when I read that and I didn't realize it was COVID, you know, especially with COVID, they've made such weird rules, not just baseball, but the guards to everything. And like, you know, obviously you guys are going to go sit on the bench. As soon as that pitcher comes off the mound, he's coming in and sitting on the bench next to you. I, you know, like, so I thought that was kind of, kind of odd. So yeah, thanks for that little, little bit. I was, I was very, very curious about how, how that was working. But uh, another thing I wanted to ask you is I don't want to say post COVID, you know what I mean? Because obviously there's no real clear sign of, of, the end of this, you know, it's not like, okay, in September, we're done with it. It's, you know, there's a vaccine rollout going on. Um, obviously in Newfoundland, we just got a huge spike of cases, especially on the Avalon, the Eastern part of the Island, you know, in a perfect world, what would, what would be the ideal situation for, for you guys, you know, um, you know, say after everything is all kind of all died off. Well, it's, it's funny now that you say that we've actually, I think we're doing it and we developed it during COVID. The only thing that's different would be our membership membership structure. So um, once we kind of reopened, we, and you can tell why now, and I'll get into it a little bit, but because of contact tracing, we eliminated our memberships during COVID because I just don't want to deal with the complexity of people dropping in and things like that. Mm -hmm. And so the only way you can have a quote unquote membership at PSA now is to be part of our eight month long development program. Uh, So if anything ever happened, I have all a hundred emails in a distribution list and I go, boom, see ya. Right. Right. Um, So that's, that's the only thing missing, but we've gone now more towards, uh, I don't want to say specialization, but kids that are just looking for more, not just from baseball, but from, you know, health perspective, physical and mental and, and things like that. And we're kind of separating our programming. So, you know, there's lots of great programs that minor baseball offers. So we let them offer those and, you know, we don't compete and we're kind of picking a lane to stay in so that everybody can coexist a little bit together. But now we're, we're moving in a direction where kids that want more can get more. And I think that's probably the best way to describe it. Right. Right. Yeah. Is is that something that like you guys focus on as well is, is obviously not just the the hitting and the pitching and the fielding, but you focus on like, you know, um, nutrition, like you say, like, do you offer any programs where you, you, you do stuff like that or, you know, whether it's like being in the gym or, or, or working in your cardio and, and just, yeah. you know, different aspects that obviously will help you in the game itself, but not yeah. quite associated with baseball. Baseball. Yeah, that's a big one for us. We tell our kids, when you leave our program, you're not just going to be a better baseball player. You're going to be a better hockey player. You're going to be a better basketball player. So we went out and hired Dan Hearn. Uh, Dan Hearn uh, did his master's at the University of Houston in athletic training. Uh, Dan worked for the Growlers. Um, you know, he has a very, very strong sports resume in athletic therapy. There's, there's a, a, He's probably the most qualified person in the province. Uh, we went out and got him. So he runs strength and conditioning programs for each of our age groups once a week. Um, so we have that piece. And then the other one is we kind of linked up with a group called uh, UEQ. And, you know, also during our podcast during COVID, we made a lot of connections. So we do, a, we have a big focus on mental health and, and uh, mental training. So we do visualization, breathing, uh, we do emotional intelligence games, meditation, like we, we kind of, we, we touch a lot of these bases or it's, it's not just about baseball for sure. 
Right. Yeah. Good for you guys. That's incredible. And I know that that's probably something that maybe has lacked in the province over the over the last not not to anybody's fault, but just that's, right. that's kind of how the world is gradually changing people. You know, it's not just about physical health anymore. It's it has a lot to do with your mental health. And I think that goes a long way, especially in the game and and progressing forward as an athlete. So, you know, kudos to you guys for for doing that kind of stuff. Um, another thing I wanted to ask you is. I know kind of before the COVID stuff, you were, you were bringing in certain uh, people for clinics, pitcher, pitching clinics and stuff like that. I don't know if you can elaborate on that a little bit and if you plan on doing any of that in the future. Yeah, for sure. So we brought in, so the, the first guest we brought in was when we did our grand opening last year. So Trevor Knight is his name. Uh, ended up becoming a good friend of his over the last, you know, four or five years while I was, uh, you know, planning out this business. But Trevor coaches in the Angels uh, system with the LA Angels. He coaches one of their minor league teams. Uh, so he came in, did the grand opening with us. He actually owns a facility in Kitchener, just, just down the road from, from mom and dad, actually. And so uh, we brought him in. We had uh, intentions on bringing in a few other guests. And as soon as we can, uh, we will, because that's a, a big piece. Uh, you know, you hear people talk about it all the time. Like, you know, kids won't take advice from mom and dad, right? Uh, and it's the same thing. We have some qualified people here for sure. But after a while, there's a bit of stagnation where kids need that little bit extra. So if you can bring in an additional resource that has that wow factor, um, you know, has some of that allure, you're, you're going to get some high retention uh, in terms of skills. And it's also professional development for us as coaches as well. You know, it's an opportunity for me to learn uh, from somebody as well, not just the kids. And that Absolutely. elevates what I can offer in the future as well. So we'll definitely be doing that, you know, as soon as we can, which is why we do our podcast as well. Every time yeah, that was, that was, a, that was, that was our I, podcast. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about the podcast. Cause it's uh, I, I watched a few episodes the other night and um, you know, kudos to you guys again, because you're basically, you know, a lot of people use this word, especially with COVID is pivot. You know what I mean? Everyone kind of had to pivot. And I noticed one thing that you guys did was basically as soon as, COVID happened and you know people weren't allowed to get together in groups is that you guys took it to this podcast and you were getting great guests on like some big names going on there and you guys were just chatting about baseball and chatting about developing and you know mental health and anything that is associated with the game um is that something you guys plan to do I guess maybe now again since we're we're back in round two of of lockdown yeah so we did uh we did our first um, episode yesterday, actually, with uh, Adam Vela from Mizuno. Uh, so what we're going to do, instead of doing, you know, we did, I think we did 50 or 60 straight days uh, during the last one. Yeah, which they was, were incredible, was, too. Like, you know, and, awesome. and really, really insightful, I found. Like, really, really insightful. But we did, uh, so this time what we're going to do, because we have our group of kids now, we're going to keep them engaged. So we've put all of our practice sessions that we had physical. They're now virtual. So I've got a Zoom call after I'm finished with you with my kids. It's our daily check-in. And then our 17U group has their strength and conditioning session and their mental prep tonight. But we've got a guest lined up tomorrow. So tomorrow we're, we've got China McCarney from Jager Sports coming in. On uh, Monday, we have Lou Pote. Lou Pote won a ring with the Angels, and he works with the Okotoks Dogs Academy. He's coming in uh, on Monday. Uh, next week, we've got Austin Byler coming in, uh, and he's from Major League University. He's down in Arizona. And I'm talking to a gentleman named Lee Delfino now. He was a bit of a, a Canadian legend in his day. And then my buddy, again, Trevor Knipe. So we're, we're just lining up the guests. We're going to roll Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays now until they tell us we're allowed to go back to work again. Right on. Yeah, no, that's that's incredible. And it's, it's such a, uh, you know, a, 
smart thing to do to try to keep people involved and keep people active. And you know what I mean? If, if, if people can't get out, let, well, let's talk about baseball. Let's talk about what we can do to, to get better. And, you know, especially to have some of these professionals in like, like you guys have been bringing in. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you as well was uh, you just mentioned your family just down the road in Kitchener. Uh, I think anybody who grew up in Mount Pearl, especially around our age, you know, whether it be a few years younger or a few years older, uh, kind of knew the Sweeney family or they were well around. So, you know, what kind of uh, like, how, how much involvement was your family in, in bringing this to life, you know, like, uh, and, and how much was your family involved in, in your kind of your activity as growing up at, as, as someone in the sports community? Yeah, that's a big thing with sports. Anyone that's kind of listening, if you're not involved in sports or you're not heavily involved in sports, I say like there's levels to things. And I mean, with sports, we were all in dad coached mom volunteered. I was playing sports susan was playing sports stacy was playing sports ronnie was playing sports and and you know i mean you know trevor murphy of course of course yeah trevor murphy you know talks about mom all the time you know she was arguably one of the best volunteers in mount pearl absolutely uh, yep. with, with with everything i mean her ability to raise money her ability to organize trips her ability to to do anything from a managerial perspective that took that burden off of parents and coaches and players mm -hmm. was you know pretty incredible i mean we you know we won volunteer of the year as a family at o'donnell high school mom did a ton on the executive for baseball like there's there's so many things um and that's you know big part of it and dad coached a ton of sports dad coached hockey in mount pearl dad coached baseball in mount pearl susan ran the track for many many years so there's you know there's contributions not just in one place but but kind of all over the place so it, yeah so, it, it was a big part of our life for sure and do you feel like that's kind of rubbed off on you now as you're getting a little older and you're running your own kind of programs and stuff like that especially like you mentioned like your mom with her managerial side of it and your dad was the, you know coaching kind of stuff like they're all great great features to have and, and to watch growing up so was that a big part and is it a big part in your daily daily activities yeah for sure i think I, I think about it this way. I think some of the stuff that people might find stressful about sports, uh, I feel like it's second nature to me. Um, you know, it's, I, I'm not intimidated by fundraising. I'm not intimidated by the tough emails or phone calls to parents. I'm not, you know, I'm not intimidated about giving kids honest feedback, you know, constructive criticism about things they need to be doing better. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm not in, you know, I'll be hard on them when they need to be hard. Like, I just, all those things feel like normal things to do where it's, people shy away from, from parts of it. Um, and, and for me, it, it just, it's all I know. So it, to me, it just, it, it's like second nature. Yeah, absolutely. Well, kudos to you, Ryan. I, uh, I got to hand it to you, man. You've, you've done well and I'm looking forward to getting into batting around a few balls myself in the facility someday. So uh, big shout out to you and the premier sports Academy. Thanks so much for popping on for folks who are listening at home. Maybe you could just, yeah, say where you can find you guys on social media or, or, or even in live in person or just kind of let everybody know where you are, how they can find you. Perfect. Yeah. So on all platforms, we're at Premier Sports NL. So that's on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And um, we run our daily podcast or our, our podcast now called the Guest Speaker Series on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. And you can usually catch that somewhere between four and five o'clock. Uh, uh, in the day, and and we usually roll those live on on Facebook Live. But uh, that's basically it. I appreciate you for you know having me on, and and you know if we can return the favor, you certainly let me know. Yeah, absolutely. One last thing I wanted to ask you: How do you think the Jays are looking this year? That's a tough one. Uh, no, and I had a conversation about this the other day. I think they are built to compete. I think they're going to get 
30, maybe 50 games to do so. If they're competitive uh, at that point, they're going to go out and get some key pieces to push them over the hump. If they're not competitive, you might see them start to sell the farm a little bit. So right. that's, what do you, th- what do you think are some of the, what do you think are some of those key pieces that they might need to add just in case? Uh, an arm, a veteran arm is always something you need to add. Uh, and for that team, they seem strong up and down the lineup. I, I feel like a catcher is probably one of the only big holes that you can see right now, of, of course, barring injuries, but you know, an arm in the bullpen never hurts an arm in the starting rotation never hurts. And, and, and obviously they're, they're weak at the catching position. Yeah. That, that would be basically it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, right on. Thanks very much, Ryan Sweeney. Really appreciate you coming in today and uh, good luck with everything. Stay safe and we'll chat with you soon. Sounds good, Woody. Take care. Cheers. Big shout out to Ryan Sweeney there of the uh, Premier Sports Academy. Um, loved having a chat with Ryan. Haven't got to catch up with him too, a whole lot over the last few years. And Ryan being a friend of mine, we grew up together. It was it was nice to get to chat with him and kind of uh, chat about some old stuff. Loved hearing about the Sweeney family and, you know, where he kind of came up with the idea of the of the Premier Sports Academy and stuff like that. Um, really looking forward myself to getting over there. You know, if you are in the... Uh, in the market of, of, of baseball and, and stuff like that, or maybe you got some kids or, or you're, you're just a baseball fan yourself, be sure to check out the Premier Sports Academy. And, um, you know, they're really running some great programs over there and, um, you know, really, really ahead of the game here in Newfoundland because they're the first to do it. So uh, kudos to those guys. They're, they're, they're great. They're fantastic. And I really enjoyed having a chat with Ryan there. Um, as for me, like you say, I previously mentioned I'll be back Facebook Live on Saturday evening, uh, banging on a few tunes. If you got any requests or anything like that, by all means, fire my way. I'd love to play them for you. Um, other than that, uh, I've been really looking forward to uh, my next week's guest. Not going to divulge into who that might be, but uh, I'm really looking forward to that interview. Uh, if you've been enjoying these podcasts, thank you very much. Really appreciate all the compliments and, and everything that everyone's uh, sent my way. And uh, If you've been enjoying it, please share this around with whoever you might think might enjoy this podcast. I know we're all back in lockdown now, so just a great way to kill a half an hour or whatever. So uh, thanks for all the shares and, and all the kind compliments and, and everything like that. So um, that about does it for me, guys. Thanks so much from downtown St. John's, Newfoundland. My name is Dave Whitty. We'll catch you again. Peace.